morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the live edition, May 21st, 2023, of Liberation Station Radio Show. Chris Steiner with you here. The site is theliberationstation.com, and the chat room is on the listen slash archives page at theliberationstation.com. That's the, T-H-E, liberationstation.com. And by the way, no, it's not uh, related to liberation theology. It's just an old-fashioned, going back to ancient times, uh, term having to do with the, well, in my sense that I choose to use it in the sense of spiritual liberation. So, uh, hey, if you're a slave, might as well uh, have fun doing so, or else you'll go mad. <laughs> it's kind of like what Vinny Eastwood says. Something like that, uh, you know, in a um, genocidal society, you might as well have fun or you'll go freaking nuts. And something to that effect is what Vinny Eastwood says, host here on RBN. So glad to see him on board and uh, so glad to have you join us here every Sunday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., Republic Broadcasting Network. And we're also streaming live on Facebook at facebook.com slash wearechangedtampa. Yeah, I will do an audio check on that. And then at my earliest opportunity, when I'm not speaking live on the air, share it over to the Republic Broadcasting Network page, facebook.com slash republicbroadcasting. And uh, that'll probably be during a break or during uh, an audio clip we'll be playing. And I shall join you in the chat room soon, but you can comment on both uh, the Facebook Live and in the chat room. And I shall uh, take notes. And if you do so, please uh, say what you would like me to, uh, if you'd like me to reference something on air, especially um, tell me what it is about and uh, summarize it in your own words if you can, or give me a title or something, uh, so I'll be more likely to look at it and read it because I want to check out your chats. I have my audio alert for the chat room turned on to check your chats, because I don't want to um, pass up the opportunity if I'm uh, moving on to the next topic. And your calls are also welcome at 512-248-8252, 512-248-8252, and troll-free 800 9443 that's 8313 9443 um and uh let me pull up my uh my script here i was uh running a little bit behind folks so um what we're going to talk today about is uh another study on masks so i'll start out with that and uh sam i'll let you know here in just a moment when i can uh uh, when we'll get that audio clip, uh, first audio clip started. Um, so I'm just going to start on um, this uh, topic. If I can get my computer to cooperate, that's another reason I'm behind. A lot of very strange behavior on my computer. Maybe it's the keyboard I need to replace because it seems like somebody's hacking in and typing things sometimes or making the computer do things that I didn't tell it to do. I'm, I mean, it's only... I've been using a computer since uh, 83, and I know, uh, you know I'm not intimidated by them, and I, I can see when it's acting as if it's possessed or something. So I'm wondering, what is going on here? Uh, but uh, at least my data isn't compromised, and because um, I back it up, and uh, back it up at least... Uh, two different ways. So I got my show on the road now here. I got my script up and uh, let's start with uh, I have two items on masks. And the, the reason we need to bring this up, folks, is uh, say, look, asymptomatic transmission was never a big thing, if anything at all, statistically insignificant, if it exists at all. Um, and I would think if it does exist, to be Fair, it would exist before someone is symptomatic, just before someone is symptomatic, as the viral load increases and their immune system is mounting. So there's that, but um, uh, you know, new things like nasal washes and 
There's other advice, interesting advice. Finally, the uh, CDC is uh, coming out with, but we'll have to talk about that uh, uh, later on. But uh, first is this study from the journal Science of the Total Environment, July 2022, detection of microplastics in human lung tissue using PICO FTIR spectra. Pardon me. Um, that's not a PICO sign. I think it's a um, micro sign. <laughs> I'll put it up on the screen. It's the U. Um, maybe Dave in New York, some scientists can tell us. Uh, I think that's um, the upside down U, but uh, it's a it's a Greek symbol. Looks like a U. U I mean, pardon me, underscore U, and uh, it's in reverse, but it's um, FTIR spectroscopy and. Um, uh, this gives the highlights. Microplastics were identified in all regions of the human lungs using, my, I believe, micro-FTIR analysis. Polypropylene and polyethylene terephthalate fibers were most abundant. The results support inhalation as a route of MP exposure or microplastic exposure. So um, I'll just show up on the screen. They do have the full study here. And... Uh, that's one study on the risks of wearing masks. Of course, you have uh, culturing germs. And, uh, you know, even Fauci says within um, a couple hours, you culture germs. So wouldn't that make one a vector for uh, mutants for new strains? And that's um, that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, wear masks for five hours and then uh, notice that... There are all the, there's an outbreak of a, a new strain. And next, uh, we have this article from City Journal, The Harm Caused by Masks. A new study suggests that excess carbon dioxide breathed in by mask wearers can have major health consequences, May 9th, 2023. And I shall start by putting it up on the screen. Um, and Sam, if you're listening, uh, let me just uh, send you a chat. After this, uh, after a few minutes, about five minutes, this will take, and then we will go start playing, uh, be ready to start playing clips. All right, here we go. All right, so start the article. Evidence continues to mount that mask mandates were perhaps the most public health intervention in modern American history. While concluding that wearing masks, quote, probably makes little or no difference, and quote, in preventing the spread of viruses. A recent Cochrane review, which uh, the audience may have heard about, it's been out for a few months now, also emphasized that, quote, more attention should be paid to describing, quantifying the harms, end quote, that may come from wearing masks. And that study, um, I'll pull up here, it's, uh, uh, it's entitled, do physical, the Cochrane Review study is, do physical measures such as hand washing or wearing masks stop or slow down the spread of respiratory viruses? And that was a meta study, meaning it's a study of many other studies. And I'm um, showing this up on the screen. This is from uh, January 30th, 2023. Back to the article. A new study from Germany, and I'll reference that in just a moment, does just that, in, uh, which is uh, describing and quantifying the harm that may come from wearing masks. It's a, and it suggests that the excess carbon dioxide breathed in by mask wearers may have substantial ill effects on their health, and in the case of pregnant women, their unborn children's, their unborn children's health, that is. And the uh, German study is in the journal Elyon, possible toxicity of chronic carbon dioxide exposure associated with face mask use, particularly in pregnant women, children, and adolescents, a scoping review. And uh, no, it um, looks like it's um, starting to see uh, January uh, 2023. Uh, Pardon me. Accepted February 2023. And um, continuing the article, mask wearers breathe in greater amounts of air that should have been expelled from their bodies and released out into the open. 
quote, a significant rise in carbon dioxide occurring while wearing a mask is scientifically proven in many studies, and quote, write the German authors. Quote, fresh air has around 0.04% CO2, end quote, they observe, while chronic exposure at CO2 levels of 0.3% is, quote, unquote, toxic. How much CO2 do mask wearers breathe in? The authors write that, quote, mask Masks bear a possible chronic exposure to low-level carbon dioxide of 1.41 to 3.2% CO2 of the inhaled air in reliable human experiments. In other words, while eight times the normal level of carbon dioxide is toxic, research suggests that mask wearers, specifically those who wear masks for more than five minutes at a time, are breathing in 35 to 80 times normal levels. The German study, a scoping review of existing research aimed, quote, to investigate the toxicological effects of masks, face masks in terms of CO2 rebreathing on developing life, specifically for pregnant women, children, and adolescents, end quote. As I just mentioned, the latter two groups, of course, have been among those most frequently subjected to mask mandates in schools, despite COVID's low levels of risk for them and the evidence that masks don't work. And a reference, uh, a couple other good City Journal articles there. This uh, website is city-journal.org if you want to check it out. What can breathing too much carbon dioxide do to you? The authors write that, quote, at levels between 0.05% and 0.5% CO2, end quote, one might experience an, quote, increased heart rate, increased blood pressure, and overall increased circulation with the symptoms of headache, fatigue, difficulty concentrating, dizziness, rhinitis, and dry cough, end quote. Rates above 0.5% can lead to, quote, reduced cognitive performance, impaired decision-making, and reduced speed of cognitive solutions, end quote. Beyond 1%, quote, the harmful effects, including respiratory acidosis, metabolic stress, increased blood flow, and decreased exercise tolerance, end quote. Again, mask wearers are more are likely breathing in CO2 levels between 1.4% and 3.2%, well above any of the, these thresholds. What's more, quote, testes, that's testicles, metabolism, and cell respiration have been shown to be inhibited increasingly by rising levels of CO2, end quote. moment, folks. I'm going to take a pause here to get a drink. Continuing. So high blood pressure, reduced thinking ability, respiratory problems, and reproductive concerns are among the many possible results of effectively poisoning oneself by breathing in too much carbon dioxide. The authors write that, quote, it is clear that carbon dioxide rebreathing, especially when using N95 masks, is above the 0.8% CO2 limit set by U.S. Navy to reduce the risk of stillbirths and birth defects on submarines with female personnel who may be pregnant. And, quote, in other words, mandates have forced pregnant women to wear masks, resulting in levels of CO2 inhalation that would be prohibited if they were serving on a Navy submarine. Indeed, according to the authors, there exists, quote, circumstantial evidence that popular mask use may be related to current observations of a significant rise of 28% to 33% in stillbirths worldwide and a reduced verbal, motor, and overall cognitive performance of two full standard deviations in scores in children born during the pandemic, end quote. They cite recent data from Australia which shows which, quote, shows that lockdown restrictions and other measures, including masks that have been mandatory in Australia, in the absence of high rates of COVID-19 disease, were associated with a significant increase in stillborn births, end quote. Meantime, quote, no increased risk of stillbirths was observed in Sweden, end quote, which famously defied the public health cabal and went its own way in setting COVID policies. And I'll interject here. Yeah, they're the great socialist paragon, the apex of uh, socialism in the world, I guess Sweden is, and according to socialists, progressives, that is. And, uh, oh, well, they had 
the lowest COVID and uh, death and disease rate and the intensive care unit hospitalization rates. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, they didn't lock down during the pandemic. Well, it wasn't a pandemic for them. They actually took it seriously and uh, did a lot better. They followed the Great Barrington Declaration. I think this needs to be emphasized because tyranny thrives in an environment of anti-science and that anti-science just happens to be corporatist, which is fascist, and that's why the progressives need to be spoken to in their own terms like that, uh, like I'm doing here and uh, calling the talk shows to do. Um, wish I had time to play some of them, but... Uh, some of them may actually be fodder for slander being called, uh, uh, no, being accused falsely of running game for pointing out that the DNA is uh, infiltrated by the COVID mRNA shots, which are the Pfizer and Moderna shots. So, And uh, some other, that's just one issue with a certain person who uh, cuts me off, so uh, perhaps the radio station, as I mentioned before, will cut him off. And that was just a recent offense, but... Uh, I won't have the time to play any of uh, those somewhat disappointing calls, even though I got some information out. Uh, but uh, later on in the show, we'll play, uh, Josh, about eight minutes of a call and a doctor who's a guest, who's his commentary on a local community-sponsored station I call into often, WMNF, and got to talk about the DNA being infiltrated, among other things. I got a lot of information out there and uh, a decent amount of agreement with him. But uh, the point is that it's left up for the audience to decide. I give the references. And uh, I don't care how many letters you have after your name. If you don't give references, maybe uh, there's a few people listening who may not believe you if you're contradicting a caller who calls in to give studies. And, of course, uh, there was no criticism of any of the research that I gave. So... Um, Look forward to me playing that later on in the show. Uh, let's uh, continue in the article, and uh, then I'll go and check the chat room, and I have some commentary on the article as well, so if you'd like to comment, uh, you're welcome to in the chat room, or call in 512-248-8252, toll-free 800-313-9443. And um, continue with the article now. As for countries where mask wearing has long been common, the authors write, quote, even before the pandemic, in Asia, the stillbirth rates have been significantly higher, end quote, than in Eurasia, Oceania, or North Africa. It has to be pointed out that uh, this data on the toxicity of carbon dioxide on reproduction has been known for 60 years, end quote, the authors observe. For this reason, they write, the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health, or NIOSH, N-I-O-S-H, which is part of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, has CO2 threshold limits of 3% for 15 minutes and 0.5% for 8 hours in workplace. Ambient air. Yet, CO2 perhaps the primary Return here to the Breaking Station Radio Show. Chris Steiner with you, covering the article from City Journal, the caused by Matt. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Do you truly want to stay out of the system? Are you prepared to buy into the biggest scam since the Iraqi dinar? If not, then put your money where it belongs, in your possession, not in the hands of an international MLM cartel. At Kettle Moraine Limited, we will provide you with the finest Swiss-minted detachable gram sheets of pure 24-karat gold for hundreds of dollars less than the so-called privately issued credit cards with elusive gold backing. Gold backing? 
The only gold that I want is in my back pocket, not backed by promises of an operation even the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is suspect of, giving a rating of C-. To get the full story, visit SierraMadrePreciousMetals.com and go to the Valcombi Bullion Vault. Once you have read the whole story about the scam being perpetrated on an unsuspecting public and how you can avoid being a victim by purchasing these beautiful, barterable, tradable sheets of gold at tremendous savings and in the strictest of privacy, be prepared to take the steps to protect your wealth with the purchase of the real deal. Detachable 50-gram gold bars from Kettle Moraine Limited by calling 602-799-8214. Ask about our one-ounce Valcombi detachable bars, which break into one-tenth ounce bars. And don't forget, for all of your precious metal needs, whether buying or having the need to sell, call Kettle Moraine Limited. Remember, no dinar, no celery, and no carrots. If you buy from someone else... Tell them you want AU, not BS. Call Kettle Moraine LTD today at 602-799-8214. Kettle Moraine LTD, 602-799-8214. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. Masking me either. Here, Liberation Station Radio Show. We're trying to keep you informed on what the science is of the masks, all the risks. You mentioned the microplastics that are inhaled. And what environmentalist wouldn't be opposed to microplastics in the environment, let alone in your own lungs? And uh, if there were audio issues, uh, I was informed there might have been audio issues. Uh, I don't know if they. I might have gone over the air, but uh, I hope they're fixed now. So um, now that I'm using a headset and uh, the quality is better. So um, let's pick up where we left off and uh, get to some clips. Um, this is just three more paragraphs left of this article from City Journal, city-journal.org. And uh, the article is May 9th, 2023, the harm caused by masks. A new study suggests that the excess carbon dioxide breathed in by mask wearers can have major health consequences by Jeffrey H. Anderson. And resuming the article, nor is increased CO2 intake the only health danger that results from wearing masks. 
The study focused only on CO2, but the authors note that, quote, other noxious agents in the masks contribute to toxicological long-term effects like the inhalation of synthetic microfibers, carcinogenic compounds, and volatile organic compounds, unquote. They add that, quote, the increased carbon dioxide content of the breathing air behind the mask may also lead to a displacement of oxygen, end quote. Masks are also uncomfortable and unhygienic, and they profoundly compromise human social interaction. And, uh, yeah, they do. I'll, inter- I'll just add briefly here. It's not just children being able to learn. It's people lacking the willingness to express themselves because they know that they're not being seen. Their facial expressions won't be seen anyway under a mask. So why bother? And... Uh, I think that would lead to a lack of feeling and empathy. If you're not smiling as much, you're because you may have heard of the studies where neurotrans, good neurotransmitters are set off just by smiling, the act of smiling, not uh, not the result of not the, the thought that causes a smile, just choosing to smile. They can notice that, and um, and so. People maybe choosing to not smile probably lead to them being grumpier, crankier people in general. So, uh, continuing the article, uh, last two paragraphs now, in light of all of this, it seems indefensible to mandate or even to advise the wearing of masks, especially among the young. The authors write, quote, keeping in mind the weak antiviral mask efficacy, the general trend of forcing masks mandates, even for the vulnerable subgroups, is not based on sound scientific evidence and not in line with the obligation in particular to protect born or unborn children from potential harmful influences, end quote. Public health officials and the executive branch leaders who credulously listened to them ignored centuries of Western norms, the best medical evidence, and common sense, deciding that their own novel and evidence-free course was the one that all society should be forced to follow. We should never again indulge such an obvious and destructive misstep. And that concludes the article. And uh, before we get to the first clip, um, just have a brief comment: is that, yeah, because uh, you know, our, uh, we are impaired when we have a, a reduced oxygen intake and a higher CO2 level. Then, um, what do we do for those who are in the operating room? Well, maybe we should have little portable air accumulators, air, uh, pardon me, oxygen accumulators, oxygen concentrators there with them, and uh, or just uh, you know one of those plug-in ones. Have a tube that's running under the mask or something, giving them more oxygen. I mean, you don't want to be compromised. It's uh, part of the risk-to-benefit ratio, I guess, of getting surgery that they don't tell you about is that. Uh, that uh, yeah, everybody in the operating room and the seat operating theaters is going to be compromised because they do have to wear a mask. And uh, okay, let's uh, let's get to clip number one, uh, Sam. When you're ready, let me know. Or uh, a few seconds. Uh, I'll, okay, <laughs> I think we got a break, so we'll come back and play a short clip. Dr. Charles Hoff. You may have heard of him starting with uh, blowing the whistle. I believe the pioneer on clots that are being caused by COVID shots. And we'll have a recent statement from him when we get back. Stay tuned. Because the FDA said it's safe for me. The drug companies claim that it's made for me. And the government, they're going to pay for me. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news. Real talk real people because you can handle the truth subscribe to the freedom times monthly newspaper published since 1985 that's right 1985 the freedom times pulls no punches and observes no sacred cows or taboos the perilous times we live in are too critical for anything but honest discussion of america's plight the freedom times is the antidote to the lies and distortions of the fake news media There's no better way to inform and enlighten Americans than by reading The Freedom Times each month. New subscribers may sign up at the special rate of just $29 for one year or $55 for two years. 
Subscribe online by going to AmericanFreedomNews.us or mail your subscription to The Freedom Times, P.O. Box 218, Wildwood, Pennsylvania, 15091. That's The Freedom Times, P.O. Box 218, Wildwood, Pennsylvania, 15091. Support America's best patriotic newspaper and one of the very few left by becoming a subscriber to The Freedom Times today. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not, or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. Einstein once said, future medicine will be the medicine of frequencies. What did he know? Imagine you hear ocean waves caressing a beach, or a favorite song from the past, or the trickle of the babbling brook. All of these are sound frequencies that positively affect us. Terahertz is a soothing, healing frequency that has been proven to resonate at the same frequency as healthy cells. It penetrates the body and stimulates new healthy cell growth. Want to diminish muscle aches, joint pains, and experience a greater sense of well-being? Tired of spending money on short-term remedies that never seem to work? Soothing, healing, relaxing terahertz frequency is now available and as handy as flipping a switch. Terahertz technology is changing the course of what we were taught about how to maintain our health and well-being. To read more about this amazing breakthrough and to order your terahertz frequency want, go to naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. Welcome to the revolution. All the walls are breaking down. It's time you had a taste of losing. Time the tables turn around. I see a glimpse of a recognition. But it's still real. It's too late. And what you thought was your best. Just became your worst mistake. What I mean is wise. What I mean is strong. What I mean is a fighter. And there's a thousand faces of me. And we're gonna rise. Yeah, we're gonna Back Liberation Station Radio Show. Chris Snyder with you. And that was Anastasia, Army of Me, her rendition of that song. Now we'll get back to um, Dr. Charles Hoff. He's uh, testifying, not testifying, but uh, he's, um, there are other folks testifying for the uh, National Citizens Inquiry. He's just speaking at a podium. That's the Canadian uh, Citizens. Uh, National Citizens Inquiry into the COVID shots and the pandemic, um, essentially. So uh, their website is nationalcitizensinquiry.ca, meaning for Canada. And um, this is just a about a three-minute clip of uh, Charles Hoff talking. Um, well, I'll give you the title. Canadian physician testifies the truth about the COVID anti-vaccine. Sam, when you're ready, please roll that clip. Uh, Clip one. 
this new type of vaccine turned out to be a complete failure. In fact, what they had created was not a vaccine, but an anti-vaccine. Do you remember that we were told that the way out of this pandemic was to get everyone vaccinated? That was what was going to keep us safe. But what I want to show you next was that literally what has happened to Canada is exactly what happened to those laboratory animals that were tested with the vaccine against the very first SARS virus. That so-called vaccine ended up working as an anti-vaccine and made them more vulnerable to the disease than if they had not been vaccinated. So what we now have is a pandemic of the vaccinated. I'm going well, to show you the argument. evidence that this so-called vaccine is actually an anti-vaccine and that it has increased people's risk. It increases your chance of getting COVID, it increases your chance of spreading COVID, and it damages your, your immune system to such a degree that you have a higher risk of hospitalization and death. And of course, that's what the narrative that the public health keep telling us, that even though they now admit it doesn't stop you getting COVID, it doesn't stop you spreading COVID, they say it'll keep you out of hospital, at least you won't die. And I'm going to show you the evidence for why that is absolutely false. This is a very important study that came out a few months ago from Cleveland, Ohio. This was a study done on healthcare workers, 51,000 healthcare workers that had had various numbers of COVID injections. The bottom of the graph is the passage of time, and they followed these people for three months to see who was getting COVID. And of course, the people that are getting COVID are the people who are spreading COVID. So there are five lines there. The black line at the bottom is the people that were unvaccinated. Zero doses of this vaccine they were getting less COVID than anyone else. The next line up, the red line, is those that had had one dose of the vaccine. The green line, two doses. The blue line, three doses. And the top line, the brown one, were the people that had had the bivalent booster, the one that's supposed to keep you the safest. They were getting COVID more than anyone else. There was an absolute direct linear correlation that the more shots you got, the more likely you would get COVID and the more likely you would spread COVID. So what about severe injury and death? This is from New South Wales, Australia. This is two bar graphs. The one on the left is a bar graph with four bars showing, again, the number of vaccine doses. The graph on the left, those columns are people in hospital. The graph on the right is people in ICU. Just for the sake of time and simplicity, let's look at the one of, of ICU, the graph on the right. You can see the people that had zero doses, in other words, the unvaccinated, there were absolutely none of them in ICU, zero. Of the people that had one shot, very few in ICU. And literally, the more shots they had, the more likely they would end up in ICU. It was an exact linear relationship. The more accumulated damage to your immune system from these boosters, the more harm that you would have from this disease. That's Dr. Charles Hoff. And uh, as I mentioned before the break, he was... So he really gained notoriety in Spotlight when he uh, pointed out that um, about 60% of his uh, COVID shot recipients were getting clots. So um, thank him for the term clot shot for help, uh, probably pioneering whoever coined that term. And, um, of course, I call it a one-stop clot shot. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, it's simply because, uh, you know, what, um, as I've said before, uh, in so many words, uh, you know, as, as those who are without, uh, good lifestyles, I'll say, those who unfortunately don't research what they put into their bodies, they don't uh, live a healthy lifestyle and are often overweight, so they have higher interleukin-6 levels, IL-6 levels, that put them at higher risk for COVID and severe COVID, among other illness. So many of them will call selfish those of us who don't take a COVID shot, yet do consistently take the time for a healthy lifestyle, which improves our immunity, even to the point of uh, being able to quickly defeat infections without any symptoms often. 
and uh, developing a superior natural immunity. Encourage folks to go check out uh, at brownstone.org their article that's often updated. Um, I think it's up to 162 studies, but the title of the article is 160 plus research studies affirm naturally acquired immunity from COVID-19, documented, linked, and quoted by Dr. Paul Elias Alexander. And they first started compiling it October 17th, 2021. So that's the that's the date of the article. Though they, as I mentioned, they keep adding and updating the article. Um, so um, I'm sorry, Sam. I said about a minute of. Uh, give me another minute here, and then we'll get to clip two. Uh, I just uh, thought of. I always think of new stuff to say spontaneously. Um, this uh, this I should have brought up when we were talking about masks just a little while ago is a study out of Harvard University. About 40% of parents think mask-wearing harmed their kids' school experience. A recent poll found that more than 4 in 10 parents of school-age children think that mask-wearing to protect against COVID-19 harmed their kids' overall scholastic experience. A survey conducted by Political and Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health found that only 1% of par- 11% of parents think that masks help their children and nearly half said that masks didn't make any difference. Masks wearing harm children's social learning and interactions as well as their mental and emotional health, according to a significant percentage of parents surveyed. Even, quote, even if I'm in a democratic state or district, I pay attention because there are a substantial number of independent parents who think think the policy is hurting their children, end quote, said pollster Robert Blendon, Richard L. Menschel Professor, of public health and professor of health policy and political analysis emeritus at Harvard Chan School in a March 25th, 2022 political article. Quote, the parents who are against it are not going back. They've conducted, they've concluded it's not good for children's education and it's two years of this. When you have a substantial number of parents who think their children are being threatened to, it's going to matter politically. End quote. And uh, that's um, from uh, Harvard, and I uh, appreciate that update. So uh, let's get on to clip number two. Now, this is uh, from the McCullough Report, May 18th, pardon, May 8th, 2023. And um, his substack is petermcculloughmd.substack.com, petermcculloughmd.substack.com. You can check out his podcast every Monday. It's uh, posted at americaoutloud.com. And um, he's going to be covering a lot of the science. Um, triad of vaccine injury syndromes converges on victims is the title of this podcast. So this is just going to be uh, about 15 minutes of uh, Dr. Peter McCullough covering a lot of great scientific information. Sam, when you're ready, please roll that clip. It's, I write the Substack in conjunction with leading world historian and philosopher John Leake, and I can tell you John's contributions are absolutely priceless, and you're going to want to subs- uh, subscribe to the Courageous Discourse Substack. But two of them that are pertinent to our patient's uh, vignette and her syndrome uh, are, I want to mention here. One of them is titled Posterior Orthostatic Tachycardia Syndrome, or POTS, uh, Trouble with Heart Rate and Blood Pressure After COVID-19 Vaccination or Both. And I posted this on December 15, 2022, indicating that the most common symptomatic complaints after COVID-19 vaccination, and now in persons who've had actually both exposures, is posterior orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. This is a disorder where there's a lack of synchronization between the heart, the brain, uh, the spinal cord, sympathetic chain, the adrenal gland, and the blood vessels on both the arterial and venous sides of the system. The SARS-CoV-2 spike protein has flooded the system and damages these tissues and causes them to inappropriate release too much epinephrine and norepinephrine and dopamine at the wrong time, and that's what causes these episodic uh, uh, spells of either higher low blood pressure and higher low heart rate that's inappropriate to the level of activity. And I summarized a paper by Kwan and colleagues 
uh, uh, huge study, uh, 284,592 individuals, and it points out uh, in the graphical figure, this was published in the journal Nature Cardiovascular Research, that uh, myocarditis and dysautonomia, which is in a sense POTS, are among uh, the most uh, frequent post-COVID-19 exposure Uh, as well as vaccine syndromes, all of them. This was on a log scale um, were the highest. Uh, And then next in line is the classical POTS syndrome that follows. Um, And I can tell you for POTS, I think most of the treatment is supportive. Lower uh, leg compression stockings, increased salt and fluid intake. I found in a a few severe cases of uh, of, uh, inadequate blood pressure control, that uh, natalol can control the tachycardia and help the patient uh, that has cardiovascular and neurologic reflexes return to normal. Uh, many times, if there is a pleural pericardial syndrome, I use uh, colchicine uh, in addition. So I wanted to point out that important uh, substack. And if you go on the substack, you can actually go through the various listings. I go to the dashboard uh, that I have as an author, and then I type in uh, the other important um, topic, which is myocarditis. And I've written a lot of myocarditis. As you know, this is uh, one of the um, syndromes that the FDA clearly says the messenger RNA and uh, vaccines cause. The uh, literature also indicates that the adenoviral vaccines, AstraZeneca and uh, Janssen, also cause myocarditis. And with Novavax, there has been a case of myocarditis reported or cases reported in the FDA briefing booklet and one published uh, by the Japanese, uh, but no fatal cases with Novavax. And um, uh, I wanted to uh, point out that uh, under this uh, important topic, uh, there is a post that I made in January 6th of 2023 titled Circulating Spike Protein That Evades Antibodies Understanding Determinants of COVID-19 Vaccine-Induced Myocarditis. And this was a paper I quote frequently from uh, Massachusetts General Hospital where um, uh, they had 13 young boys and three girls hospitalized with myocarditis. And they studied them. And and the first author was Yonker and colleagues. And they found that uh, those who had active myocarditis had circulating spike protein but did not have neutralizing antibodies, which they should have. So the spike protein was able to circulate freely in the typically the, the month after vaccination and damage the heart, whereas, uh, whereas uh, those who um, were without any evidence of myocarditis had spike protein but appropriately neutralizing antibodies. So this really helped us understand that you know not everyone's going to develop myocarditis, but clearly there is an explanation, at least from this perspective, of why some people develop myocarditis and others not. Myocarditis uh, does have characteristic signs and symptoms, including uh, chest pain, difficulty breathing, effort intolerance, uh, and then there's c- commonly inflammation of the lining around the heart, pericarditis, so we call that myopericarditis. And what I found is there's also inflammation around the lining of the lungs, what we call pleuritis. So what we end up with is uh, what we call a pleuridinia or a a pleural pericardial uh, syndrome. And whether it's pericarditis, myocarditis, myopericarditis, or what we call pleuridinia or pleuritis, one of our go-to drugs is colchicine. And I think it's really important to understand that colchicine is a gout drug. It has uh, been used extensively in COVID-19 and, uh, you know, one of the largest, best done trials in acute COVID-19 was the cold corona trial done from the the Montreal Heart Institute. And a cold corona trial demonstrated reductions in hospitalization and death uh, with the use of colchicine, over 4,000 individuals, it received virtually no attention. It was uh, uh, submitted to New England Journal of Medicine, intentionally delayed by six months, then to JAMA, intentionally delayed, then to Lancet, delayed, and finally was published in a lower-level Lancet journal. But colchicine clearly had a benefit. It is a simple 
uh, inexpensive, safe generic medication we've used for gout for, for a long time. It's anti-inflammatory. It works by inhibiting microtubule assembly in uh, circulating immune uh, inflammatory cells and seems to simmer down the informa- inflammation. It may actually help with intracellular processing of the spike protein. But I want to summarize that uh, on the C19 Meta website for Colchicine now, there are 48 studies in acute COVID-19 and 878 scientists involved, 32,301 patients in 19 countries. It's, it has a statistically significant improvement for mortality, ICU hospitalization, and recovery. 25 studies from 25 independent teams in 15 countries show statistically significant improvements uh, in um, in isolation of one of the, each other. Now, the overall improvement is modest, 16% improvement uh, in terms of assessing progression of disease from 24 randomized trials. But colchicine uh, so clearly, I think, has a, a signal of benefit in those who have acute COVID-19, and it's always been a part of our standard of care for patients who have myocarditis or pericarditis or both. So I can tell you it's my current practice now with um, patients uh, like the patient we have on the backside of the report uh, to use uh, uh, colchicine to treat the pleuridinia or pleuropericardial uh, syndrome, blood pressure up and down, particularly if it's sufficiently high enough with uh, the POTS syndrome to actually use natalol, a beta blocker that has intrinsic sympathomimetic capabilities is relatively underutilized and I think it works far better than metoprolol, atenolol, or propranolol. And then uh, the final consideration that I have for this patient, and again I featured it on my substack, is the uh, very important innovation brought forward by a Japanese-Taiwanese collaboration. The first author is Tanakawa, Tanakawa, and that is the use of natokinase. Natokinase is a proteolytic enzyme. It is derived from the fermentation of soy by a bacteria called um, Bacillus subtilis natto. And so natokinase, uh, essentially a thrombolytic, it actually dissolves some of the elements in blood clots, has been used by the Japanese to treat cardiovascular disease now for uh, uh, over two decades. So we know it's safe uh, with a dose of 5,000 units. We know it can influence the D-dimer level within a few minutes of ingestion, so it clearly gets into the bloodstream. Japanese had previously shown that. And the Tanakawa paper showed uh, convincingly, in my view, it was a preclinical study, that indeed natokinase broke down the spike protein. It was the only thing that seemed to break down the spike protein that stays in the human body after infection and after the vaccine. Human enzymes do not seem to break down this pesky spike protein. So the critical substack paper to uh, go to is titled Dissolution of Spike Protein by Natokinase. The subtitle is Holy Grail of COVID-19 Vaccine Detoxification. I posted this on February 21st, 2023, and um, I can tell you, I, I posted this because far and away, the most common question I get is, how do I get the COVID-19 vaccine or COVID out of my body? And the spike protein seems to persist there for a very long time, as shown in multiple studies, months, if not years. And uh, this uh, very important uh, enzyme, natokinase, uh, uh, has been available as an, an oral supplement. It degrades fibrinogen, factor 7, cytokines, factor 8, and it's been studied for its cardiovascular uh, benefits. And in the graphical abstract that I, I inserted from the Tanakawa paper, which was published in the journal Molecules by MDPI, and you can find this on PubMed, they do a, a standard assessment uh, where they tested in a uh, basically a cell prep model, but also in a um, uh, in a form of what what's called a uh, a dissolution model that uh, indeed the spike protein was degraded. So one of the first things I call you to is in the cell viability figure uh, that the cells were viable 
with control, obviously, and then with doses of uh, natokinase that were ranged through a tenfold uh, difference in doses. So it was safe to cells. That was very good. And the uh, area of the spike protein inside the cell and the relationship to the nuclei uh, in the cell prep models demonstrated um, easily a 50% reduction in the spike protein. And the cells that were used were, were, were what's was considered um, immortal uh, cell lines. Um, uh, this was very uh, important. And then in the... Um, uh, in the uh, basically uh, dissolved uh, cells or just the um, distillate that comes out of the cells, the direct effect on the spike protein was uh, demonstrated and they, they zeroed in on it. And uh, it was clear that uh, the Tanakawa demonstrated uh, really uh, significant reductions in the... Um, the degree of spike protein that was in the test tube. So I can tell you, I'm, I'm pretty convinced here that uh, we're on to something recently. We heard a great anecdote reported in by Dr. Uh, Roger Hodkinson from Canada that patient who had critical limb ischemia and things looked bad. Now this is a syndrome after vaccination, but it is a heavily a thrombotic syndrome on the arterial side. Uh, had basically his legs saved because he took natokinase and, it's, and didn't need to undergo amputation. I've had several patients receive amputation in my care, in my clinical practice, and those of you know, on my Substack, I've highlighted the, the journey of former Dallas Cowboy great Deion Sanders and his multiple toe amputations after a vaccine-induced arterial thrombotic syndrome, a syndrome to this day that Sanders does not fully recognize is caused by the vaccines. He's done a... Uh, He's done a full docu-series on this about, you know, how he's been ruined. He used to be coaching on the sidelines. He returned in a wheelchair. Uh, he underwent multiple surgeries. And nowhere in it does he basically acknowledge he took multiple COVID-19 vaccines, which he pushed on his players and others, and that the vaccine did it to him. In his case, it did happen in the setting of a family history of a prothrombotic state. And that makes sense clinically, and I've seen that in my practice. But indeed, he'd be alive today with no amputations, running. He's a very fit, middle-aged man, former football and baseball great. Instead, he's, uh, in a sense, orthopedically forever changed with toe amputations after this arterial syndrome. We'll pause there and take it back up on the second and final hour Liberation Station radio show with Chris Steiner here with you. And uh, that was Dr. Peter McCullough, the May 8th, 2023 edition from his uh, podcast, The McCullough Report at AmericaOutloud.com, and we'll just uh, pick up the last few minutes when we get back. Last hour of the show. Stay tuned. Sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network. <laughs> 